What's up, guys? Welcome into the second episode of College Football Uncensored. I am your host, Chris Marler. I'm joined by my good friend, Tyler Huck. Um, Tyler, how are you, man? I'm great. I had a, a little bit of a panic uh, this earlier uh, this week. I was going into my Spotify playlist uh, to te- check out. You know how they curate your top tracks for 2020 yeah. that you listen to? Oh, God. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Uh, nothing says mid-30s suburban dad than having a top 10 tracks consisting of This is the Carter and Cortez <laughs> the Killer from the Dave Matthews Band Central Park album. <laughs> Mixed with Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. And <laughs> Tyler, far, like, I'm not and a dad, but that's all on me. <laughs> that's a great song. It's uh, we, great. Need, we need to dedicate a lot um, to our top Disney songs because I have a lot to say on that. And as somebody that's yeah. seen Frozen on Ice um, and, and no parents that were there thought that was okay because um, I was right. like 28 and just drunk. But yeah, um, that's that's fantastic, though. Mine are not. You know what? We should just pull it up, to be honest. While we're while we're doing this, um, do you want to do you want to let everyone know? Because still people that are confused on this, um, which is somewhat amazing. But for those of you that don't know, yes, Connor and I are no longer doing the podcast together. We're doing separate podcasts. We are doing some different stuff in the off season, trying to grow the brand, trying to grow our, ourselves, trying to grow spiritually. I don't know what that means, but I hear it on TV all the time on Bravo. So, um, yeah, two separate podcasts. I, it should be great. for Connor's going to have a more serious, traditional-style podcast talking about the ins and outs of, you know, SEC football and, and, and doing more long-form um, interviews. We will be doing a lot more laid-back stuff. I'm not sure if you've heard this discussed on the other podcast. I'm pretty sure you have it. So, you're welcome. We'll discuss it here so everyone knows and is not so confused. We'll do our part. Um, all right. So, <laughs> make sure you go like and subscribe uh, leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff. I just have like PTSD, Tyler, like looking at our reviews because we got like 44 five-star reviews this week. We appreciate all those guys. Awesome. Um, but I have like PTSD uh, looking at them because I'm just like, please, don't, please, God, don't have a, a one-star review. I did <laughs> I did get an update. I have to bring this up. Oh, I did get an update just to show you um, how much fun iTunes reviews are of a one-star review we got on the old podcast this week about me. Um that I have, even though I haven't been on that podcast in a month about how it's only about Bama. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you guys, but just very confused by the algorithms. Um, you know what? I'm looking at it now, by the way, I don't, I don't want to get into my 2020 year interview. Some of these, some of these, uh, you're going to put that playlist on private. (laughs) Wait, they're public. They can be. People can see this. Absolutely. Jesus. Mine. Oh, it's not good. Get the gat. That's that one's a good one. This is me. This is me from the greatest showman. <laughs> um, Daisies from Katy Perry. Uh, wow. Bloody Valentine, Machine Gun Kelly, Chandelier from Sia. Um, good lord, sir. Dude, you have no like, man. Twenty twenty was a weird it's year. You been an emotional year. I get it. It's <laughs> the time capsule is my least favorite. Um, uh, yeah, and they're they're starting to do like like. I don't know if it's the phones listening to us or it's like maybe just an accurate assessment of who I am. Cause they'll start doing stuff that really pisses me off now on Spotify where it's like, like what's new or discover weekly, which is used to be really cool. You find new music. Yeah. I don't know if Spotify has just given up on me, but they'll send me shit from like 2007. And it's like discover weekly. This is fat Joe lean back. I'm like, yeah, everyone's fucking heard that song. Like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> I think it's more like Spotify saying, Chris, just as a reminder, there are other things out there besides Sia that you could listen to. For Sia's instance, fantastic. this classic from Fat Joe in 2007. I get it. 
here's your introduction to rap. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'd be remiss. Welcome in. I'd be remiss to just point out. Um, I don't think I said that right, but if you're watching yeah, the video like version word. of this podcast, I do have a mustache. It's something I'm. What is that lately? Now that I'm looking at it on on this uh, video conference here, it kind of looks like an Andy Reid mustache. Which I don't so think is one thing, thing I and this is just more um, insecure body image for me. One thing I've strived for in my life is to never compare myself to Andy Reid. But I don't like you know to each their own, and you do you. Um, I, I when I we got on here, you you brought up your mustache. I wasn't going to say anything, and you're still accenting it by biting down your top lip, which I've never seen done, and. <laughs> stop everything you're doing <laughs> um and i said why are you doing this you go oh, you know it's just something to do like it's like no shave february there's that there's not a no shave february Tom. that's just called giving up well that's true but i mean what else am i gonna do i've been sitting inside my house for the better part of a year that's fair I mean, we and there's no more football so there is football it's not good football. I'm still trying to bring up uh, one of our five star reviews. Um, it, it's it's not good football. So McNeese State played last night, um, and I, I'm kind of mad that I missed it because apparently it was a great game. First off, it came down the wires like a high scoring game. Um, Coach O's son is the quarterback. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go, go Cowboys. Is that what they are? I mean, if you you must be kidding yourself if you don't think I just googled that as you brought up McNeese State. But yes, the Cowboys. So Coach O's son, what's his name? God, it's got to be good. Coach E. I don't know. That was bad. That was a dad bad joke about vowels and shit. That was not good. I don't like oh, that. I see. I see. You know what? That's the end of the episode. We'll just try again next time. <laughs> this sucks. Um, I play. I think the only thing I know about these stands. I think we played baseball there once. And when I say I think, I mean I know. I was a junior in high school. I got the game winning hit in this game. It's not a big deal. Let's talk about other stuff besides my incredible um, baseball athleticism and, and prowess. All right. So <laughs> we've moved on from, uh, we've covered a lot already. Rap, Disney songs. That Moana song is a banger. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know what else popped on... up on mine, by the way? What's and I'm up? not making this up. Was Mulan, I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> there, there, there are some deep-rooted issues there. From, yeah, they're all involving my dad. We know this. We'll get into it at some point. Um, that'll be a special Father's Day episode. We can really get into the issues at hand. Uh, okay. <laughs> So it is Valentine's Day. We are recording um, on Valentine's Day morning. Uh, you know, his wife, my fiance, they're both awake. So we're just trying to, but we love you guys um, and talking. And um, so we want to do this uh, episode now and it'll be out obviously tomorrow. But today is Valentine's Day as we record, which begs the question, how mm. much money did you spend on Valentine's No, I'm kidding. Um, what do you love most about college football? Because this is a college football podcast even though we started with Super Bowl stuff last week. What do you love most about college football? Um, players, things, all the nouns. Um, there's a couple things. I mean, I, I, things are changing with college football right now, but I've always loved for the large part that these guys are just playing because they love football. There's yeah. 95% won't be playing after their four years there, but they're just Seems playing because really they dark, love the sport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that you're what not. What I love most about college football to know that there's no light at the end of that tunnel as far as professionalism goes, but they're doing it anyway. I mean, that's true. Well, that's not where I was going with that, but you get it. Uh, I like that you're not rewarded for tanking. So in the NFL, like yeah. I found myself being an Atlanta fan, like rooting for the Falcons to openly lose every week. I don't really that's do nice. that with my college team because if you're a shitty team, you just get shittier because you can't get good recruits. <laughs> so. 
So yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't want to put salt to the moon, but as a Florida State fan, like <laughs> you guys have basically been tanking for years. That's right. Since uh, about 2014, <laughs> I think well, the end of it, uh, starting with the Oregon game. But uh, now the other the thing for me personally, like with my specific team, is that there's a, a much bigger connection because yeah. I was a student there. Yeah, you just kind of lived in the town for four years. You understand what it's like. And, um, you know, you don't get that with pro teams. So that's what I love about cultural ball. What about you, sir? I mean, there's so much. There's so much. I'll, I'll say like the obvious. And this is it's I don't know why. And this is probably just it's it's deeply rooted in how unhealthy of a fan I've always been. Um, this is not weird, but like so one of the reasons I've been, I was such a huge band fan. Hey, by the way, anytime you start something with this is not weird, I swear. <laughs> it's going to get weird. Super, it's going to be super weird. <laughs> so, I mean, Alabama football was like 90% of the foundation of me and my dad's relationship. So we, that's like all we talked about, like, like from when I was little to when I was grown, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, like even now, like we don't have a relationship now, which is again, not weird. It's totally fine. We can talk about it, but I'm like, at least I can still look back at stuff that's happened. It's like, that was a good memory. That was fun. I'm glad we get to go to this game together and like something like the traditions, all that kind of stuff. But like growing up, like it, it like I'm like getting tense even talking about it. Cause remember how it used to be like in the nineties and a lot of, I think you guys are younger, stop listening, but um, no, I'm kidding. But like it, like in the nineties, especially this is like when I first started watching the first game I went to was 1990 watching those games in the nineties, when you don't have a BCS system until late, you don't, you, you just have traditional bowls and you have like, like I remember the 94 season, Bama was undefeated going into the SEC championship lost by one up until that point, you had like four or five teams that were undefeated and you can't lose a game because if you lose, you're out of the play, you know, you're out. Like, you, I mean, yeah. there weren't that many one loss teams um, that won the national title unless they had beaten a one loss team or it was like a loss super early in the season or a tie sometimes but the, the season itself was so precious. Like, and, and that's an odd, probably overly dramatic word to use, but it's just like every game mattered. Every single game mattered because you can't afford to lose and slip up and because it, it would just cost you the national championship. Not as bad. It's not as much like that now. Um, it was kind of like that with the BCS as well. But in college, I, I feel like the games just matter so much more. I mean, you look at like the, the year the Giants beat the, the Patriots. Patriots were 18 and 0, or they were like, they were, yeah, they were under 17 0 or whatever. Yeah. And like, greatest season of all time in the Super Bowl, huge favorite over the Giants, who were nine and seven, were the sixth seed in the play- nine. I can't, seven games in one season. Yeah. What is this, basketball? Yeah. Like, what are we talking about right now? So I just, it's hard for me to get super into those games because, you know, and plus we're both from Atlanta. So the Falcons just do nothing but rip our hearts out. So college first pro is not a difficult choice for me. Well, um, the other thing too, I, th- I feel like f- with college sports is the rivalries mean a lot more, you know, so a lot of times yeah. like for, for me or, or for folks that are from Alabama, I mean, Georgia and Georgia tech, maybe not as the, the biggest rivalry in the world, but you know, you got various members of your family that went to the opposite school yeah. and it's like, you have bragging rights for a year. Whereas like for pro, you know, I, I like, I, I care if the Falcons lose to the saints or the bucks, but like, it doesn't ruin my year. You know, you know, you know what? I care on social media. Like, I don't, like, I pretend <laughs> yeah. to hate the Saints on Twitter. I don't really hate the Saints. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like I have a lot of friends that are Saints fans. New Orleans is awesome. Yeah. I, it looks like the most fun environment ever. And right. those colors are, are a lot better than ours. But anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, like the, the Super Bowl this year, like, I don't like the Bucks, but I wasn't, like, actively rooting for them to lose as much. Maybe more so because of Tom Brady, not because it was the Bucks. But, like, yeah. 
if one of my rival schools was playing in oh the, yeah no i mean i would be the biggest fan of the other team yeah. you've ever seen so it's just a little different there's a lot more passion that's what i love about it it's passion I it's you, passion man my, it's passion it is and <laughs> say it again um my my favorite thing too like like the, the tailgating like the, the build-up to the game like i feel like it's an all-week thing sometimes like if you you know, sometimes I feel like I find out if the Falcons are playing, even when I was like doing like the TV show, like during the season, I like, we would get to a segment. I'm like, who are the Falcons playing this week? And we're recording like on a Thursday. That's like as early as I would know when like the, who the Falcons are playing. Like there's big games in the regular season and ESPN will try to make you think that it's like, Oh man, this is a huge matchup. But again, in the regular season, especially it really doesn't matter that much. Right. Like, I mean, seating for home field advantage. Sure. But like you have a game like, you know, Bam LSU or, or, you know, Back in the day, Florida State, Miami, um, you know, Georgia, Florida. These these things are like all week. I feel like it kind of consumes fans and you're so excited, especially if it's been like a long time since you've beaten that team or like that rival. Um, if there's a lot, it's a one versus two or a top five matchup, like that stuff matters. And I think the pageantry obviously is, is just so much better. It's just so much better. You don't ever see in a big time college game, people showing up like halfway through the first quarter um showing up late like it's it's an event like like from like the start of the day one of my favorite things is like the start of the day and just seeing this like slow build on campus where it's just like especially in the fall when like the weather is perfect when it's like jeans and a t-shirt weather when it's hot as shit i'm out (laughs) but like when it's like jeans and t-shirt weather and just the slow build of people like starting to like flood campus and and, like tailgating spots and my absolute favorite thing in all sports and college football especially that moment when you're walking into a stadium and you're in this like massive crowd and you finally get through like the actual gates going you've just into you've just the slammed you just slammed your last bourbon or beer <laughs> before you get in <laughs> i'll never forget going to the sec championship game a couple years ago and realizing we couldn't drink so we're just pounding we bought like <laughs> we each bought two tall boy miller lights pounded them both outside threw them away got inside and they're like, oh you can drink with your seat like with your tickets because we were in the, the club level and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so we go yeah. each by two doubles, right? So it's like two double vodka sodas, splash cram. And as we're taking them to the seats, like you can't drink at the seats though. You have to drink them in the lobby. So then we had to pound both of those. I don't remember half the first quarter. It was really tough. <laughs> and each time you're pounding those, despite however many times you've done it in your life, you never think this is really going to catch up to me in a couple hours. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be <laughs> this doing this. And it's also <laughs> worth it. Like I need to be this drunk. Cause like, when you come out of that, like half of the third quarter and there's no, Oh man, you can't keep it going. You're just like, huh? Like making that home improvement noise. Uh? <laughs> so well, no, but like my, my favorite thing, and this is like literally in all sports ever since I was little, that moment when you come out of like, like, I don't know what it would be called. Like the, basically like, the little tunnel of wherever your section is right and it's like yeah. a little it's always like a ramp down almost and then mm-hmm. and then the the, the entire up. scene of the stadium starts to emerge in front of mm-hmm. you and you see just all the colors and how like god there's just nothing better man there's there's just absolutely nothing better then the vodka starts seeping in and it gets even better <laughs> I, was just, I was just gonna say <laughs> uh, i wasn't gonna write the vodka part of it but no but i mean just that that moment walking into the stadium and seeing like yeah all the rival fans and, and like hearing like bands playing all that kind of stuff. And, and it's just, God, there's just, there's nothing like it. And in that moment, right before kickoff, like, like there's no better moment I think in sports than right before kickoff when you had like all this anticipation all week, especially if it's a home game, you have all of your traditional stuff. Like Georgia has like, you know, the Larry Munson thing and playing um, uh, Bob O'Reilly and stuff, like, like all that mm-hmm. stuff right beforehand 
when or like you look at the LSU stuff from last year when he's like LSU Tigers about to go to war like that gets me fired I got goosebumps right now I'm not even an LSU fan that kind of stuff gets me so pumped and then like I I think like for Bama specifically they'll play like Thunderstruck and there's just there's just they have like the video set up on like these double doors right and it's these like silver stainless steel doors whatever and there's like an A in the middle whatever and you're sitting there and that's that's the that's the scene right just a solid picture and all of a sudden they they split and they open up and you see Nick Saban coming out with just a fucking battalion of five stars behind him and it is like it gets me so fired up man it's so much fun like the start of games outside of Clemson taking that stupid ass bus on the field trip around the stadium is so exciting before games. Well, you know it's it's really fun when your team's good, but when it's not fun is like I'll give you a personal example. Um, That's not be good. You know, in the Willie Taggart era, we we used to come out to swag surfing. Oh, it was it was really cool the first game <laughs> when we had a sold out crowd. It was a blackout. It was awesome, but every consecutive game when you're getting curb stomped by Syracuse and you come out to swag surfing after scoring a <laughs> touchdown to pull within 38 is just yeah. not that fun. oh it's at, it's not before kickoff it's before after touchdowns it's it's on kickoff it's on kickoff so it's like oh great we went down and we uh we cut the lead you know we, we're le- we're losing to virginia by 17 now and then yeah and we're gonna be swag surfing on the kickoff that was not fun you know, there's that a few was not fun at all besides every kids bop album ever there are a few things white people have ruined more than swag serving um that is just it's so much i will say though my favorite one of my favorite rap lines of all time shout out um to that song which is uh shawty check my dougie like she patty mayonnaise what that's innovative um <laughs> that's a that's a word for it yeah yeah spotify if you're listening put that shit on my on my playlist <laughs> stop giving me nickelback songs um anyway so we wrote a couple of college football poems. That's what we love most about college football. I, I just, you know, and one more thing too, like the players, I feel like the players in college football, like they, they just, they like stay with you for so much longer. Or like they, they, they almost matter more in college football because like, like instead of having these like great players, like if somebody makes a, a great play again, regular season game against like the saints against the Falcons, I'm not going to remember that play like necessarily forever. Like somebody gets like a big pick to, steal the game in college you you like have a big time game changing game winning play that it doesn't matter if even if you're like you know some who's the kid from illinois last year that hit that like 50 something yarder against wisconsin to to you're expecting me to remember the illinois kicker from last year i didn't (laughs) (laughs) and we're doing it a second time about how it matters more than college well anyway it doesn't anyway (laughs) but that kind of stuff like like cole tracy i think this kid's name i'm pretty sure i'm wrong with that (laughs) of course it is um the kicker from uh no Cade is it Cade york Cade york um the kicker from from lsu who hit like a 50 57 yarder against florida like that kid will go down in history It's, it's it's awesome so um Anyway, uh, we wrote a couple of cultural poems, or, or at least I know I did. Did you? <laughs> I've got a few in here. I'm not a wordsmith like you, though, Chris. Well, I mean, no one is. But um, let's let's go ahead and start. I'll start. Um, actually, you, you go ahead and start. All right. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Please accept this gift of a win by way of throne shoe. <laughs> and that, of course, is who are you referencing? I don't, I don't think our fans get that one. Uh, okay. Well, no, okay, we'll that's good. I like that um okay i'll I'll stay on brand with the same the same team uh kyle trask hair is red you're the love of my life happy valentine's day please stop kissing my wife that is from dan mullen from dan mullen of course yeah 
I, um, I, don't know, like, I feel like he kind of likes it. I don't know. Weird. Um, let's not get right. into that. Yeah. That's one of the most popular, popular genres. This might be a stretch, but here we go. Roses are red. Your jean shorts are navy. Are you only doing Florida? No, no, no. Please accept okay. this McDonald's bag in a starting spot at QB. <laughs> what? I don't get the jean shorts thing. Well, I just figure a lot of people in the South might wear jean shorts. It's not just Florida, okay? Why are you Why are you singling out the South like you don't live here and haven't lived here your whole Dude, entire life? My dad's entire wardrobe is jean shorts. I get it. Bring their dad stuff, huh? I've worn jean shorts throughout high school, and I'll never forget the moment somebody finally told me they weren't cool. I, w- I had already graduated, and I was playing tennis with uh, one of my buddies. Actually, they were my D group leaders at the time, Tripp and Tyler. I think they're like kind of semi-famous now. On they do like a lot of video shit. But um, I remember like showing up to play tennis, and I don't know why I decided that jean shorts were what I should wear to play tennis that in July. Seem... No, it doesn't I mean... seem like a competitive match if if we're being real. <laughs> okay, I was really good at tennis. Let's not do this right now. Um, but I remember showing up, and they're like, "Oh, that's funny, jean shorts," and I was like. <laughs> And then it just like ate hey, what do you guys mean? the rest of the game. And I was like, yeah, what, what does that mean? And, um, and he was like, you know, cause like jean shorts are like, you know, it's like cargo shorts. And I was like, functional. Fun. Yeah. The way <laughs> I get them both at old Navy. What are you trying to say right now? Trip? The only way that I learned about cargo shorts being, uh, not so cool. I learned also after high school when I was a pledge and I wore them up to the fraternity house. Like my first week as being a pledge you were- and they just put trash all in the cargo parts of my pockets. <laughs> Which like, is a metaphor for who you were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I never did it again. So, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, all right. I got one. Um, same team. First comes love and recruiting sanctions later. Will you please ask Cupid if he can be our D coordinator? Natural <laughs> right, Tennessee. I like that. I like that. Um, still looking for some hires up there. Uh, okay. Hold on. Here's one. I got this one for Auburn. Um, roses are red. My love for you is deep. I couldn't afford a gift this year. Because buyouts ain't cheap. No, they aren't. No, they're not. That's the thing about buyouts. <laughs> you got any more? I do not. Nope. I, okay. I kept it to two, you know. <laughs> I got one more, but it's about Bama. It's not. It's, it's like more serious, whatever. It says, um, have a Valentine's win. Day. Have a Valentine's <laughs> None of it rhymes. It's just, it's, just, it's just us bragging. Roses are red. We beat the shit out of you. Uh, roll Tide. What? Jammer, jammer. Rammer, God. <laughs> that, my least favorite thing Bama fans ever did, maybe, besides, um, I mean, most things they do, is uh, that weird, when they started coming out with the RTR and then jamming in abbreviations for cuss words, but, like, they got more and more. It was like, RMF, mother effing GDTR. Like, what are you saying? That barely fits on the koozie. Calm down. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. I wanted, I wanted to read these real quick, because, and we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, our buddies at Texas Ags, Billy Lucci, shout out to that guy. He's hilarious. Um, he's a really good guy. Also, like, just subtly flexed on everybody because he had a video that came out last week of him and Mike Evans doing karaoke in his, like, uh, in his sports car. really nice. All right, he, this is what he had. He had Valentine, unlike Notre Dame, in the playoff. You and I belong together. Um, and then my personal favorite, you have to see this one. Go check out Texas Ags, or Tex Ags on Twitter. But it says, in the exact same font that um, – that Penn State did that, like, <laughs> Penn every State has won every Super Bowl. And then the fine print said, except for five, it says, Valentine, you have appeared in, in every one of my fantasies. 
And then in fine print says, except for the ones you haven't, which I thought was pretty good. So I hope all of you had a fantastic Valentine's Day. If you didn't, don't be the person that's like, oh, single awareness day or oh, all I need Galentine's. Is yeah. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you know, like, like sometimes like being alone on Valentine's Day is the best. It's yeah. an excuse. It's like, it's basically like doing New Year's all over again. At least, at least that's how I treat it. Cause I would get drunk and eat a whole pizza by myself tomorrow's a new day sounds like um, a cry for help no it's fine uh okay so <laughs> as we stated earlier it's a college football podcast and it was obviously college football uncensored and we started out last week with some super bowl stuff we're gonna get to some more super bowl stuff because some incredible content came out this week from the parade in tampa bay uh it was like our boat parade is that is it still a parade if it's on water hell yeah brother hail rat <laughs> hail rat um <laughs> All right, so let's get into some cultural news and notes, and uh, we'll talk about first a school that we just, you know, a politely made fun of. Florida released an updated uh, twenty thirty one schedule because they booked a home and home. <laughs> Tyler shaking his head. They booked a home and home with Notre Dame. Was that the yeah? Notre Dame was the newest one that they've added. Listen to this gauntlet of twenty the twenty thirty one Florida non con schedule. They have at Texas. They play Arizona State at home at Notre Dame, and they have Florida State at home. That's on top of an eight-game SEC schedule. I Thoughts and opinions? Dan Mullen is going to be so pissed, so pissed if he's still there. I, you know what? I was about to say, why would he be mad when he's going to coach the Jets? I, <laughs> well, the Jets are going to be really good by then because um, they got Jeremy Pruitt. But, uh, <laughs> like, so I was thinking like this, and we always get so excited, and this is, like, kind of twofold because – they always build these, these schedules out way far in advance, like, like too far in advance. And it's kind of cool to look forward to, but like 10 years away, like, I, you know, I'm not going to be alive. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, come well, on. Um, well, I just don't, I, hasn't the pandemic shown that we can get games scheduled like last minute? Yeah. And that's the other point. Like coastal, yeah. coastal Carolina and fucking BYU. Yeah. Like if we can get a, like a, a flight full of Mormons on last minute notice to go to Myrtle beach and it's not spring break. Like, y- yes, we can make any yeah. of this happen. I don't understand. Like, it would almost be more fun. Right. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right before the season starts, like, yeah. Just as a heads up, we're Roll not. The dice. <laughs> we're not playing Delaware State this weekend. We're going right. to Tempe, Arizona, to play Arizona State. Dude, I oh, brought yeah. this up like as a joke last year about how I would make the college football playoff better, and I was like, y- you have one mystery card on your schedule. So instead of playing that like shitty Week 13 game, we're like. You know, it's like Mercer or Savannah State or, or Delaware State. Delaware State is like the third best team in Delaware, by the way. Like University really? of Delaware is actually, yeah, Joe Flacco went there. Blue Hens? Delaware is like not bad. What? Is it the Blue Hens? Yeah, it know. is. The, look, look that up. I think it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like like Delaware State, I don't want to get started on that. But weren't they close to you all in that game? Chris, let's just move on with the conversation. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so um, <laughs> we have so much to talk about Florida State, but the, the whole point I was I was making a joke. I was like, they should just have like a mystery card for like for at some point in the season, right? It, it's like one game out of the year. You you find out like on Tuesday, you're not going to play Delaware State, and it doesn't have to be like a good team, right? Like it, like it could be a MAC team, it could be like a lower level Power Five team, but it's like short notice. Got it? Like get through adversity. Bama rolls the dice like, oh, surprise, you're not playing. You're not playing Mercer this week. You got to go play Oregon State. You got to play Colorado. You got to play at Purdue at 10 a.m. in front of no one. 
Like, I think that would be awesome. No, it. no, it would be incredible. Plus, I mean, this, first of all, with the current setup, now in 10 years, who knows? We'll probably have an expanded playoff at that point or something different. But yeah, the current setup doesn't justify playing these massive out-of-conference. Like, basically, look at the Clemson-Georgia game this year, at least for Clemson. Like, if they lose to Georgia at the beginning of the yeah. year, they probably just won't make the playoff. I mean, because eh. the ACC is so bad. I mean, so it's... It doesn't justify setting up Texas, Arizona State, Notre Dame, Florida State. They no. To add to Georgia, LSU. I mean, obviously Vanderbilt. Um, so I, mean, <laughs> I don't think the current setup justifies setting matchups like this. But the, the one thing for me, at least, is at that point, I'll be in my mid-40s, full midlife crisis going. And yeah. at least it's good to know that I can potentially – you'll, you'll live till 90? So it's good to know I could potentially bank on Florida having a down year when I'm going through my midlife crisis. Hey, man, it, like, we're, like living till 90, like this does not sound fun. Like, it, like if, unless my joints are still working and I'm not like shit in my pants, like if I have to have somebody clean up after me, like I'm not, I'm just end it. Like I'm not doing that. We promised <laughs> we wouldn't talk about poop this week, but no, like, so here's the thing though, too, about that. And, and we've seen a shift in this with college football and, and I get what you're saying. There's no way right now for to justify that, um, that type of scheduling here's why I think it's a good idea. And, and I think what we're going to end up seeing is expansion of the playoff. And, and I, I think that like, it's inevitable. It has to happen. And, and I know how staunch that like the playoff committee has been and anyone around like the, the playoff has, has been in saying that it's not going to happen at least anytime soon. But when that contract runs out, which I believe is like four or five years, when that contract runs out, I, I fully expect them to expand the playoff. And, well, and the only reason I would think that is because, you, you talked about it first, like what Georgia, Georgia started this last year and they absolutely loaded almost every single one of their non-con schedules throughout the years. I mean, like I love watching the Georgia Clemson game. We got to see yeah. it a couple oh, of years yeah. ago, the, the games in 2013, 2014, how exciting, how like that rivalry, they're 80 miles apart. It, it's a great rivalry from the eighties, especially, but you're right. There's too much on the line for them to play that game every year with the way the system is right now. So I think that there's no way that they would be scheduling those games. If, they they weren't expecting there to be right. some sort like like Kirby Smart has to I'm sure he knows more than I do about everything except for hair and there's no way he would be scheduling those games with that consistency if he wasn't being I don't know uh, informed at least to a, a some degree that they are going to expand the playoff right yeah I mean look I, I think you're right I, I know at least personally like Florida State's playing LSU back-to-back Georgia back-to-back then Alabama back-to-back in consecutive yeah. years there's no way you schedule like that unless you don't foresee some need to have that big of a game because what's so cool at least about the Florida State and the Georgia game uh, the Alabama and Georgia is it's a home and home which you don't get to see mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of these are these big yeah like, Chick-fil-A opening matchups like I'm for sure going to be in Tuscaloosa when Florida State yeah. plays Alabama, and you'll—I'm sure you'll go down to Tallahassee. It's—it's. It's, uh, hopefully, no. we can get back on track there, but it'll be—it could be a huge game, fun yeah. for the sport, but it's just like it doesn't make much sense if there's a four-team playoff to schedule that way, you know. Yeah. So I agree. I think they're—they're they're anticipating expansion. I remember, like growing up, I remember we, I had like a sports almanac, right, and like it—it it has like all the records from different college football seasons, all kind of stuff, and then. I would always be fascinated looking through and maybe it's just some kind of a cultural nerd, but anytime, you know, David Booty, uh, David Booth put this in the Facebook group this week. And it was very similar to something I, I used to love looking at growing up. You see those like old Coke bottles with like, you know, national championship seasons. And they have like mm-hmm. the scores and of, of all the games from like, as the year went on looking back through like old seasons of football and seeing like, I, I always got like excited and intrigued about the non-conference games because like, you don't know who was good then and, and versus now necessarily, but 
it's always cooler when you see stuff like, like no one wants to look back at a Coke bottle like 30 years from now. I was like, oh man, that 2018 season, Bama destroyed Mercer 59. Like what? Like who gives a shit? Like it's right. so much cooler to see like some of those name brands on there. So mm-hmm. I like what they're doing. I like the home and home thing, especially. Um, and I'm hoping they're going to expand the playoff. I, I still think six is the best option. Um, eight would also be good. And and I think you got to start including some of these group of five stuff because it's, I mean, this year was the year to do it. We're not going to get into that, but um, it'll be interesting to see how much has changed in 2031. I expect like the, like you can't sit here and think that there will be the same coaches, um, you know, at least coaches for the same programs. Right. Yeah. The, I think the only thing that'll be the same in 2031 that I would like put money on is that Kevin Steele will still somehow be an assistant coach and Will Muschamp. They, they will be on staff somewhere in the SEC for no reason. But um, all right, moving on to Florida's rival, um, especially on social media, Georgia. In the news this weekend, not anything bad. Um, and this is going to sound way, way, way worse than it is. Georgia receiver faces a felony charge for a parking lot incident. So former five-star Demetrius Robertson, um, a guy that I've been expecting to break out for years now, was a freshman All-American at Cal his freshman year. Trench to Georgia hasn't really been able to um, put much of a season together, but none of that's important. What's important here is he's facing a felony charge, a felony charge because of a parking lot incident earlier this month. And this is what happened. He removed a boot off his car. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the incident occurred sometime between 1130 PM uh, last Friday and Monday uh, where he had a boot on his car and he somehow removed it. And he is being charged with a felony of uh, destruction of government property. Here's the thing. Wow. There's, there's so much like Georgia. Um, I don't know if it's like the local police as much as like UJ parking services, but they are widely scrutinized from anyone around the program and that, that area in Athens uh, as being just over the top constantly bad. like we get mad at meter maids and stuff like that but they are notorious for being bad here's my thing and you and i talked about this a couple years ago he got a boot off his car right if you're able to do that you should fucking get away with it like i mean like flat out so like if if, there are certain things i feel like like crime i'm not condoning crime okay this is not like a purge or like the end of the joker which is wildly depressing um god i hated that movie so bad you just kept thinking it would get better and you could tell by the colors i was like it's not it's not gonna get better um anyway let's (laughs) happy stuff happy thoughts um but there's i feel like there's certain things that if you can get away with then like once it's found out like you get you get like a get out of jail free card right that's one of them if you see if you can speed away from a cop and not hurt anybody kind of feel like you maybe that's i've seen too many fast and furious movies but i feel like that's what so this this guy i thought about this because of a a comedy bit one of my buddies did um actually on netflix a couple years ago and he brought this whole thing up about the obama uh um uh damn it why can't i think of the word the obama birth certificate oh right and we're not getting into politics but like the sheer the sheer idea of the fact that somebody faking a birth certificate and then becoming president if that happened like he should just be president like it's like right. if you were able to get through like this isn't little league baseball if you're able to forge that like to that level and then get into the white house like all right dude yeah you won like you you beat the system um my favorite example baker mayfield when he tried to run from the cops if he was able to get like to home base which i guess would just be his apartment one that's the kind of fucking confidence i want in a starting quarterback is the one that thinks he can run away from the cops like that and two 
if he would have made it, then I feel like, yeah, like give him, like, you know what? Shake his hand, move on to the next. The elusive uh, rating on, on Madden would be through <laughs> the roof there. You know, you imagine if it's like the NFL draft breakdown, like video of like him, like look at him in the pocket. Now look at him get away from this cop. I mean, I, I maybe, maybe this is like gone off the rails and I'm, I'm condoning um, somebody. There's for sure one person that's going to get mad. If there's anything I've learned about social media this week, especially there's going to be one person spent like they're condoning violence and I don't like it. I'm not going to stand for it. Well, I, as far as, you know, Athens cops are concerned. I mean, is there anyone listening to this podcast that hasn't been in line at little Italy at 3am trying to get a piece of pizza and you see some college kid pissing in the middle of the street, just getting speared by an Athens cop. I mean, that's just, yeah, that is Athens. Tales that is Athens, right there. brother. That Dinner is Athens. and a show. <laughs> um, also, if you are getting speared by a cop and peeing in the middle of that street, there's like a ton of porter potties are right at the corner there. I love that place. Little Italy is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Can I get a Jeremy Pruitt update? Well, Tyler, <laughs> listen, um, yeah, we are going to have an update every week. We're going to interview Jeremy Pruitt and, um, <laughs> Uh, bring him in talk about the latest going on with uh new york i mean coach how, how have you been like what's been what's been going on hey guys um things have been going pretty well uh adjusting life's different up here you know it's city never sleeps and uh you know just learning learning the system talking about all the new stuff going on trying to implement some of my dime rabbit rubber cover two fire zone techniques coach i have no idea what that means Anyway, but um, just taking in the culture, I've been uh, become a regular at a local um, kind of like a little hole in the wall uh, and, and uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp in Times Square. So I've been there a bunch and really, really like there. Also become a big fan of Joe's Crab Shack and the coconut, the coconut shrimp there. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I tell you what, it's uh, I'm going to need I'm going to need some new britches. I'll tell you that much. It's to um, die for coach. Uh, have you made any new friends since you've been up in the, the, the big, the big apple, I guess you could say. Tyler, I have um, just last week. I, I was sitting there at lunch and um, I, I walked outside and I was, I was carrying home some coconut shrimp for my wife. And, and I ran into a, a lady that was just covered in pigeons and, and her and I hung out and nibbled on some bird seed together and just talked about life, talked about life and her, her love of classical music and me not understanding what any kind of music or rhythm is. And that's pretty much it. And then, uh, and sadly, she she uh, I went home, and she slept under a bridge. But I mean, she said she's still doing that. She had she had these two ornaments that were keeping her warm at night, that some uh, really overprivileged nine year old gave her like twenty years ago. So it was really nice. It's about to say, uh, Jeremy. It sounds like the plot of Home Alone too. Um, well, I'm glad you're okay. having a good time up there. And uh, <laughs> go Giants. Um, is, it, is it the Giants or Jets? I, I think he, it, it doesn't the, matter. It, it doesn't. No, it doesn't matter at no. all um so yeah that's our jeremy pruitt update so thank you for that coach uh, yeah, we'll check fantastic. in with you later in the season see how things are going up there in in uh, manhattan and uh yeah let's talk about um tom brady because <laughs> my man's <laughs> was getting after it there for a little okay bit. is this the is this the first take that we've had age poorly or like or has your as your opinion changed at all because mine has we talked about this on this podcast last week how much we hate tom brady right yeah, and then this man goes out and gets drunk in public, and that's what changed my entire opinion. That says a lot about me, but at the same time, like, what were your thoughts on what you saw from the the, the Tampa Bay parade? Well, it brought me back to a, a simpler time. You know, let, let's just pretend his name is Thomas Bradenton the third, and he's a fifth year Sid McKay. 
leaving happy hour on his way to make some sort of really bad decision before the sun goes down. That is Jeopardy. That was the scene that I saw every single Friday at happy hour in college. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm now a Tom Brady fan just simply because of the one okay. clip. Some people say it was fake. My favorite part Who about it was that. The, so my favorite part about it was the third string QB was the guy that was carrying him out. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Griffin have heard. So, uh, yeah, that what? video they did with him and, and Blaine Gabbert, which like you barely know who Blaine Gabbert is, and then, and they're just shrugging awkwardly, like they're doing like the gym from the office room. It's like mm, like that that whole that video sucked. Every other part of that celebration was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looked like they had a good time down there. Um, yeah, just from stumbling out to the tweet after about uh, drinking avocado tequila or something like that. That, that part I thought might have been fake, like like the the way it was misspelled, but. Every other part of it seemed very real and very genuine. I loved it, man. I like, I like, <laughs> like him. This is first off. This is like we celebrate this with other athletes so much, and, and there were there were people that like for what because it's Tom Brady, and we we hate on him. Like we we've done on this podcast in, in a very small sample size already. But people that hate on Tom Brady because he wins all the time, all that kind of stuff. We celebrate this with other athletes. We celebrate it with Gronk. I mean, yep. like we Gronk to our knowledge. Like the 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 kind of person he puts forth, it's like this guy who's like barely formed sentences, and is like part. You remember like a couple of years ago when like like the first time I ever heard of Gronk was like 2012, when he was just like spent a weekend with like a porn star and was just like hanging out and tweeting about it all weekend. I'm like, can you do this? Like, are you allowed to be doing this right now? And and so we celebrate with guys like that, Travis Kelsey, like some of the drinks. Like we see it like like Mahomes and like the shotgunning, especially at parades. Brady does it, and people. Ugh course he had to do with avocado tequila which is what <laughs> so perfectly tb12 that is like what what is I, like that just sounds like from from like a bartender if somebody came people are gonna start asking for that i'm yep. so glad i don't work at houston's anymore because you know some asshole dressed in like all white and wearing linen pants for no reason because it's february is gonna walk in and be like i'll do your best avocado tequila and be like we have a menu you're looking at the menu just because you saw it on tv does not mean it's a real fucking thing i like outside of that and that that nightmare this was awesome this was yeah. awesome i i don't we gotta find some we should do a taste test of avocado tequila i really don't think it exists i've never heard of it in my life it's not real right <laughs> but uh no i mean yeah you're right though you know gronk's over here basically like dry humping the the did lombardi trophy the, did he put the trophy up his butt it's I mean, like like would you be like, surprised I mean, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to be graphic or weird. Like, uh, he didn't put it up his butt, but like he like well, he was holding it like he was dry humping it, and then he like <laughs> fake put it behind him, and I was like, Gronk, <laughs> like what are you doing right now? Like it's a weird, that's a weird thing. You're joking around with your buddies. Um, I, I loved how absolutely like lit and excited, genuinely, like genuinely, like a kid, everyone seemed to be on the team. Like it was, well, it was honestly cool to see. He brought that much joy to like, like Mike Evans. Like when they threw the Lombardi trophy, which we have to talk about now, he threw the Lombardi trophy and Mike Evans is like in the background. And first off, it was like fucking Zapruder film from all these different angles. They had like from like everyone's different phone and, and like Mike Evans going, we got that. We fucking got that. Like everyone was so excited over the littlest things. And it was cool to see like this guy who again, widely hated and, and thought like past his prime was like hanging off too long goes down the city and brings that much joy to all of these other players which is for a lot of them maybe the only shot that they ever get like super, super rolls are hard to come by so it was, it was really cool 
Yeah, well, plus, I mean, I think the the celebration is going to be ramped up after this COVID year when they're basically locked down for the entire year, getting swabs up their nose every second yeah. day. Like that, you know, it's a lot to go through in a season. So, I mean, yeah, why not bring on the COVID, uh, you know, down in Florida on the boats? It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. I'm not even going to get into that, but I mean, yeah, like I, that's my least favorite thing now too, is that anytime there's like, I saw a comedian in Atlanta post that if the NFL doesn't care about its players or anybody, but it's like, you know, it's bottom line because look at the city of Tampa. And I'm like, first off, the NFL has no jurisdiction over the city of Tampa. And I, super and second, smart, of all, and second of all, you're right. Look at Tampa. <laughs> but I mean, like, here's the thing. I, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not not taking COVID seriously. This is not a statement about COVID. I just I totally I felt it when Notre Dame rushed the field. Like, it, is it irresponsible? Absolutely. Did it feel good watching some kind of sense of normalcy return to sports, especially and like seeing like that much joy over people, like, like kind of overtake people? Yeah, it, it really did. And like the, the COVID thing was the last thing from my mind. Now, Brady throwing the ball. <laughs> I mean, the, the Lombardi Trophy. Now, awesome. you, you brought this up when he walked out. The memes that came from that were just incredible, just yeah. absolutely incredible. Because, like, I think some of my favorite ones, like, like the, the one you brought up about how um, what was like the happy hour thing. Like, I I thought Thursday college happy hour, Friday was yeah. not as big of a happy hour for us, okay. but Thursday especially, uh, eleven a.m. tailgates. It's like every freshman like leaving, like like people yeah, just can't yeah. handle their liquor. Um, and it really made me miss day drinking, um, even though I'm doing it right now and having a mimosa, but. So when, when he threw the Lombardi trophy, uh, was there a bigger, like, like, fuck you, <laughs> like anything he's he like, stood for. He's like, like I don't even care about this. I've had seven of them. I don't. Seven, is... seven. And like, you know, the petty part of me too took over. Cause as soon as I saw this parade, it looked awesome. Right. The first thing I did was look up the weather in new England, because you know, that Bill Belichick is sitting there and he's like, just crotchety as hell just so, <laughs> so mad yeah well if we we couldn't have, i mean they and they wouldn't have been able to do it with what they had in place in new england so good good on brady but him throwing that trophy across which only weighs seven pounds by the way really i didn't hear that i feel like all trophies should weigh 50 pounds <laughs> like like standard like minimum right. like the heisman's 25 pounds that's fine because it's an individual trophy all sports like teams trophies should weigh 50 pounds just a side note. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get that? Uh, yeah. If Biden's but, listening. Make that a thing. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it was it was it was fun to see a guy like Brady get that loose out on the water. Yeah. Um, just definitely reminded me of college. It's it pretty funny. So, uh, all right, what What's else the we got? Drunkest you ever been? Ooh, God. Because <laughs> this is gonna be a fourth and wrong question, and somebody asked me my best blackout story, which is not y'all aren't ready for that. But, I mean, don't um, you not remember your blackout stories? Like, that's... I can piece together some stuff. I mean, like, and, and I've had enough practice where even if I'm brown out, it's like, you know, we're, we're good here. Um, what is, like, the, like... I feel like the drunkest I've ever been in the... I remember going to a Georgia-South Carolina game in 2007, and I'd been, like... It was a 5.30 game. I'd been drinking all day with my buddy of mine, and I was supposed to meet a girl there, like, a blind date type situation. And I, all I remember was, like... Like it's, it's my buddy's name is Tyler Tidwell. His dad is a huge booster there. So you get to park on the street of where, like of, of the stadium. So it's like literally stadium, you walk out sidewalk street. It, it's you're 40, you're, you're 20 yards from, from the gate from like where the tailgate spot was. Love that. I, 
I walked in and when she asked for my ticket, the lady at the gate, I gave, I pulled out like a handful of pretzels that were in my pocket and I couldn't find my ticket, but I had pretzels for sure. Um, and the other, the other thing, the other thing I remember from like the drunkest I've ever been was I remember going into a bar in Nashville and just seems like, like I was trying to find my buddies, trying to find a bathroom or something. I don't know. And there was just like, I just found like a neon sign walk in and I'm just like, like, it's like, stumbling around everything was super well lit for a bar so i was very confused and i'm trying to find the bathroom and it's not crowded at all and there's just cowboy hats everywhere and i and i finally like realized that like i took some inventory i it was not a bar i'd walked into like a country western store and (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was a bar because they had the neon lights outside right i was like is there you the bathroom and they were like so you need to buy something or get out of here. And I was like, I'll take a hat. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Don't tell my mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of, I mean, college, obviously there was a lot, pretty much any Florida state Miami game was to the tilt. Uh, yeah. I was ejected out of Johnny's hideaway years ago on a, what on a family bar crawl. Tyler say uh, more. What is happening? <laughs> Uh, a, fam- so, a family bar crawl? Yeah, it was the last family bar crawl we ever did. Obviously, um, <laughs> was it the first? And, uh, <laughs> no, it was a, it was an annual tradition the Friday after Thanksgiving, and uh, this was gosh, it was a couple years ago now. Um, and uh, things got a little like crazy. Johnny's Hideaway was the last stop. If you're an Atlanta native or you live here, you know that you only go to Johnny's at like maybe one two in the morning you know and kind of yeah then your night carpet on the floor by the way we were there kind of like bar. we were there because it was a again a family event uh <laughs> we were there at like maybe 10 p.m and okay. uh but it, but it was the last stop on the on the bar crawl so um you know, you I keep saying little, that like it's like justifying you getting kicked out of Johnny's it Hideaway, loose. but it's not. If you don't know what Johnny's Hideaway is, it's the best dance, I believe, lounge is what they call it. Not it's a dance club in in Atlanta, but it's like old old people. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's mm-hmm. in their sixties and seventies, and they've just all popped a Viagra and their gin and tonic and are ready to get after it. And that's where you got kicked out of. Yep. So we were on the dance floor. Uh, if you've ever been there, you you know, because they tell you right in your face, no drinks on the dance floor. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my buddy uh, who like we did a family thing with a couple families, he put his uh, drink on someone's table so he could go out on the dance floor. The guy took exception to it. He was a regular. This was his table. He didn't want the drink on his table. And I just took it upon myself to say, look, this is uh, I will not stand for your anger. <laughs> I will up the anger intensity by a multiple of 10. Who are you? You don't ever do this. I know. Exactly. And uh, and it ended up being like a legit massive brawl between bouncers and like all the men on our <laughs> on our bar crawl. You got into a bar we fight all, at we Johnny's all, Hideaway? We were all physically ejected. And uh, like the entire restaurant was standing up clapping when we were not restaurant. The whole bar was standing up clapping when we were getting dragged out. And then against my buddy you? We, against us. Yeah. They, everybody oh, hated us. Cause it was all regulars. It was 10 o'clock at Johnny's Hideaway. Who's there. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> so, so uh, the best part about it was we were outside and we'd been a little roughed up and we were trying to get back on the bus to go home. And uh, my buddy goes, Oh shit. My, uh, my ID's inside. <laughs> my credit, my credit cards inside. In. He had to go back in and get his credit card. 
So, yeah, that was the last time I've ever been there. That is a, okay, so I went there. I, I I got super excited when you brought up that rule because the only thing I know about Johnny's, I went there after I perf- I performed uh, stand up at a buddy's Christmas party, Jeff Colby's Christmas party for his company E Hire, and I made a stipulation like they asked me for like a writer as like a joke, and I was like, I want a big check, like I want I want a big big check, like you get for like winning like Publishers Clearinghouse. So they wrote me this check for one hundred and fifty dollars that was like like life size. <laughs> so I'm like in line at Johnny's Hideaway with this thing. I think I like try, I was drunk, obviously, and I tried to hide it in the bushes or something. And, and I remember like like trying to hide it, and 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 like the owner of the company's like, "Hey, Chris, it's not a real check. Like you can just put it anywhere." And I was like, "Oh, okay." But when I got inside, this is a move that I've done for years, and didn't know until Johnny's Hideaway that it was frowned upon by most uh, establishments. But I'll take my drink and splash a little bit, like it's like on accident, like I'm, oh, like 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 spilling my drink. Mm-hmm. And that way, I'm gliding all over the floor, Ooh. just slipping and sl- yeah. I look not the so move much to pull better. Johnny's. Not the move to pull at Johnny's. I was quickly informed of that, but I did not get kicked out. And that guy, that's an incredible story, John. Yeah. Yep. That's um, probably the drunkest I've ever been. So, the last thing to come from this is uh, one of my least favorite things was like the hangover. Like talk about this the next day because being hungover is the absolute worst. Um, like, I don't. There's not like a cure all for hangovers. I think fried food like McDonald's, McDonald's Coke. And Pedialyte is fantastic. Like any kind of greasy food. Sleep for me is the biggest thing. My least mm-hmm. favorite thing though is when people give out like their hangover cures. Like like it is like the hangover cure. Remember like yeah. the 80s was a thing in like every fucking movie for some reason. It's like, you gotta have my secret hangover, hangover special cure. And they like get a blender out, which is like a number one. That's like not yeah, gonna help. They were probably throwing quaaludes in there. <laughs> There's but like they would throw everything in there. It was like a garage sale of shit you would find in your in your kitchen and be like, put an egg, a whole egg, Tabasco, uh, Pepto Bismol, and like you're just saying things. Yeah, you know, dude. you know the reason that you did that is it makes you throw up, and then you yeah, feel better after you throw. Now there is no better hangover remedy than sleep or drinking more because anything else doesn't work. Tyler, I think everyone probably thought that I was going to be the one that had the problem on this podcast, but you, sir, that is an incredible story. Um, all right, so the other part of this too was there was some picture that came out of Tom Brady. And it was like Tom Brady celebrating with his QB coach, which nobody saw that and just kept scrolling. Everyone was like, hold the fucking phone. He has a quarterback's coach. So we thought about what are the best jobs in sports? When I say best, I really mean like the ones that pay the most for doing the least amount of work because that, I mean, the quarterback's coach, I can't imagine. First off, you could never disagree with him or, or give him like a suggestion. Like, Hey Tom, you're, your, your backside isn't following through. It's like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, 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 I'm Tom Brady. Like, it's just, just, just stay over there, Hank. Yep. Um, so best jobs in sports. I, I we, we went like different directions. You had some really good ones. And you could really tell like, <laughs> so this, this, I thought of this too, because Joe Lenardi, it, it, we're not going to talk basketball yet on here. Joe, if you guys don't know who Joe Lenardi is, Joe Lenardi, is like the bracketology guy for ESPN. And that's it. Like, so Joe Lenardi's entire job, his entire job is in November. He starts, as I'm saying this, it's becoming like more and more ridiculous to me. Like, like that, like basketball season's only from November until March or April, like early April. Like, I don't even know what he does for the other, like other six months of the year. His only job is to project the college basketball tournament and the seeds from November 
to to fuel tournament time. So he didn't have to do the tournament. He nope. just has to like, and it, he, it doesn't matter if he's wrong. I think his like, success rate. He had forty-seven of the sixty-four teams, I think, seated correctly, like last time out. But like, when you're doing this in the start of the year, it doesn't fucking matter if you're right or wrong. It's like it's like being a meteorologist, but like specifically on Groundhog Day because it's so far off. It only happens like once a year, and it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. People people eat it up. Like, I think his his post in like November alone. Average like 600,000 hits on ESPN mm. just for projecting what the field is going to be four months from then. I looked this up and says he made $2.2 million in 2017. And I reached out to a buddy of mine at ESPN, Tom Hart. I said, Hey, Tom, it's like 1140 last night. I was like, Hey, Tom, sorry for the late text. Do us some research for the pod. Is it true that Joe Lenardi makes. T- 2.2 billion he's like no fucking way like because like it's hard to figure that stuff out you know I, i'm not sure yeah. if that's real or not but like if he does that would be one of the best jobs in sports what, what did you have uh so i've got a couple on here but tony romo so his contract yeah. is now 18 million dollars per year he called 20 games last year um, that's like friends money including what, playoffs like a million an episode yeah it's ridiculous so he's, he's making like eight hundred fifty thousand dollars per game uh imagine showing up somewhere on a sunday Cracking the back. All right. It's this is gonna be four hours of hell, but uh I'm gonna make the average salary of a CEO of a company today. So is that the average salaries. I, well, I will say, hold on. It, like seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Like you have to learn it maybe not as bad as the NFL because it's a smaller roster, but like learning all of the well, he's not even the hold on, he's not even the color guy, he's just talking about the plays. Like no, the, he's color the color guy, guy. Those, he's the color guy, okay. he's the color guy. What's the yeah. other guy called? Play I should know I'm on TV. <laughs> So he's well, not like, doing play by play. He's doing the color, but still, I mean, half the times he's like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's half the broadcast. <laughs> Jim, I don't know, Jim. I'm crying. Hold on. I was thinking about this too. The other day was how like, we don't we should do impressions but like bad impressions on purpose because people love that on, on twitter that is the bet we're gonna do that I, that is the best impression we've ever done <laughs> Dude. okay so so tony robo i feel like there's a lot that goes into that job but yeah um there is but i mean 18 million dollars a year for that job when you're working again september to january is pretty nice that's also true that's very true um all right brian winhorst who's like my least favorite person if you don't know who brian winhorst is he's He's the fat guy. I don't even know if he's friends with him. He's the fat guy that has, has just like stalked LeBron James since he was in high school. And it's just, he only covers LeBron. Like, I think he just started like you, I think with the pandemic, somebody used to be was like, listen, dude, we're fucking on to you. Okay. We know what you're doing. It's not going to, it's not going to fly anymore. You're a regular, you're a staple of our broadcast team, but you're going to have to start covering some other teams. Like it can't just be wherever LeBron goes and only about LeBron. I, and it's also very hard for me to imagine that he's friends with LeBron because I don't think, and I could be, I could be totally wrong about this. I've never seen them like playfully talking with each other. I, I've, I've rarely seen them talking to each other. I feel like ever. And it's not like you see him like going on vacation and shit together. They're just like, Hey, LeBron. He's just like a little meatball hanging out next to LeBron. He's a, like a bucket with arms, man. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's his job. I don't know what he gets paid, but. All right. So I got, <laughs> I got one. Uh, how about being a PGA Tour caddy? I mean, yeah. 
again, it kind of goes like with Tom Brady's QB coach. Like if you're out there with Tiger and you're like, I think I'm thinking uh, seven iron here, Tiger. No, nah, I'm thinking eight. Yeah, you're probably right on that one. Uh, you've you've played this course a million times in your life. I mean, unless you're Matt Kuchar's caddy, who's getting like maybe twenty bucks in a Heath bar uh, if he wins a tournament. What is that about, dude? Kuchar, Kuchar dude, he, is like the nicest guy, but he is like he's the guy that comes into the restaurant and and tips you with compliments. He's like everything was great. Like you you've been you've been such a great server, and then he he's tips like, like eight dollars on a hundred. Like it's like what? He's like the guy from The Hangover. He's like couldn't find the meter. Here's four bucks. Like that's just. <laughs> That's just his excuse. I mean, he's just yeah. remember when he had to get the last minute caddy from from like was I mean, it, was it like, Kiowa? Yeah, it was somewhere like I think it might have even been in like Mexico or something like that. But he like he got the local pro and he like, he gave the guy like like here's the meter, you know, here's four bucks. It's like he he tipped him like nothing, and he just got roasted by the media on it. Yeah, as you Out. should. Yeah, it, I, I will not. There's a lot of things I won't stand for, but not tipping your servers and stuff like that, like. If it's bad service, totally get it. Fine. There's been a few times I've ever tipped under twenty percent. I've always been in the industry, but like, it blows my mind when people. Uh, my my Gucci, Gucci man came in one time, and I told him, "Lemonade was my favorite song," which it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't like not my favorite. It was like top ten. Yeah. Um, Lemmy. So it was like top ten at the time, maybe. But I was like sucking up to him. He tipped. It was it was a ninety two dollar and thirty eight cent bill and and one of my friends who we called woody the white girl the booty she had served him a bunch and she she got a hundred dollars from every time hundred dollar bill just every time and wow. he handed me a hundred dollar bill and i was like looking on the tray for the credit card and that was it he just gave me the hundred dollar bills to close out the tab. i was like but like i just i don't get that like if you had like Kucher, because <laughs> don't caddies also if you win you get ten percent of the winnings right so so you you make a salary as a caddy and then yeah it we're at, it's not just if they win like mm -hmm. it, whatever money the, the player makes for that tournament the caddy gets somewhere from five to ten percent and, I, and if I believe, you win it's like probably more right yeah yeah you, obviously um so it's just like Kucher just went in and gave the guy like a flat fee of like. <laughs> You're gonna make a thousand dollars, buddy, but this is gonna be the best time of your life. And he, he won like six point eight million dollars in the tournament or something. That is that, that's a made up number, by the way, but you get it. Cooch, where's your uh, where's your caddy? I don't I don't have one. I, give me like twenty minutes. I'm gonna drive down to Home Depot uh, and I'm gonna go grab one. I'm gonna go grab one on Saturday. Um, some of you will get that joke if you've ever ever lived off Beaufort Highway. So uh, anyway, yeah, that that's a pretty good one. I, your 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 next one, the bullpen coach. This is good. I was gonna say first base coach because even though I played baseball up and through college, like I have, I have a hard time understanding what first base coaches do anymore. <laughs> besides time the pitcher from from uh, the mound to home and hold your shit. Like uh, it's I, it, it's more than the bullpen coach. The bullpen coach. Okay, and and I looked this up. The average salary for a bullpen coach is like ninety thousand, which is a good salary. Uh, Especially when you don't do anything but answer a phone <laughs> and just take orders. It's like you work at a pizza restaurant. It's like, oh, uh, uh, you <laughs> you want Wollers up? Sure thing. Wool Why is that your example from 1995? Why not, dude? Have you seen this guy's <laughs> mullet? Fair. It's incredible. That is also true. But I mean, yeah, 90000 you probably get a 401k, maybe some health benefits, and you literally just answer probably a phone. Probably health benefits, You're yeah. not coaching anybody. You're, you're not part of the game plan. You don't have to mentor or coach anybody. You just stand in the bullpen and wait for a phone call. It's an incredible job. I, do you think the players like hanging out with him? Or do you think it's like a forced thing? Like, okay, all right. Like, no, like I, maybe 
it's like a team guy <laughs> yeah it's like he he's like a morale booster it's like oh yeah we yeah. drink beers with this guy and he just hangs out in the bullpen with us <laughs> and he makes ninety thousand a year he's like a substitute teacher the he's only like, one he's that's, like, he's like mr Belding's stealing... brother <laughs> like when, when what's his name todd like when he showed up he's like we're going skiing like well we got we got school <laughs> like what he's like that guy i feel i feel like that would be the same the only one that's stealing more money right now is chase daniel uh which is this is great brings me to my final awesome job in sports being a backup qb in the nfl and i was just looking up charlie whitehurst was the first one that came to mind but then i further research showed that chase, oh, chase daniel had a shit ton 28.5 million dollars as of 2019 career uh, right career in his career uh career pass attempts 261 which means that i broke this down chris i'm a math guy if you didn't know uh <laughs> equates to 2.25 per game in his career why didn't you do it by by how much money per pass? I could do that, but again, <laughs> I'm a math guy. He's th- all I wanted to show is that he's thrown two passes a game his entire yeah. career, and he's made pretty much thirty million dollars. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to. Well, he got, he signed a two year deal for twenty two million to back back up Drew Brees. We're gonna have to bleep out one of the words on college football uncensored because I'm an idiot. Um, okay. Anyway, so okay, my last one, and again, this is going with the theme of. Um, of like just not wanting to do much, but also get paid. The college football get back coach seems like they don't do a lot, but if like the, there's a lot of things I would, I would love to do, especially involving college football, me sticking my hand into the very moist dockers of a, a overexcited coach on a fall Saturday is not really one of them. However, like, and that's the guys like always like, like get back coach, but they're always like, just Put a put like a back like a, one of those like kid backpack leashes on him instead of doing like this like whole thing like but why is the thing Nike can make you a shirt with like a handle on the back right like just do some shit like that I'm not putting my hand inside of this man's pants to pull him back I don't know why that's the go to move or like or sometimes they'll do like the squat the squat um spot move where they like put their hands around their waist like they're mm, slow dancing good. which is nice uh, like the stand up prom pose it's like but Titanic. if I could be the, yeah <laughs> if i could be the get back coach for like a coach that doesn't get excited or like or like doesn't have the ability to get excited like if i could be joe paterno's get back coach or bobby bowden's yeah like back I, in the I, day i love that um i would i would a thousand percent do that so <laughs> um all right <laughs> those are our dream jobs uh let's close this thing out with um with fourth and wrong and and we have a, some really good questions from you guys uh in the facebook group and a new segment we're gonna do next time because we didn't plan ahead but um getting to know tyler god that story about your yeah family bar crawl sounds awesome all right i'll start um and our first question better nick cage movie the rock or con air that's from david carter the rock and it's really not close in my opinion it's definitely close what are you talking with what it's not winning. It's not close. It it means exactly what I said. It's not close. The Rock is it's a much def- better movie than Con. Why is The Rock better? Don't worry about that. Con Air is like I just Con can't Air think of like something. I can't think of something funny to say. It's just a good movie. <laughs> I feel like the it is a good movie. I feel like The Rock though was like like once that had so much success. This is back when Nick Cage was like Nick Cage has had the exact opposite career as like the rock the actual rock like dwayne johnson like oh yeah he started out like oh this guy's a good actor like, it's like the friend. benjamin button of careers right yeah and now we're like jesus christ what is he doing <laughs> whereas like the rock was in like the tooth fairy it was like you can't handle the tooth 
or, or the game plan. And like, it, like the rock was not a good actor. No. And then all of a sudden he's like, now every it's like this Beyonce transformation where like at some point we don't know when it was. Everyone's like, that guy's awesome. He's untouchable. Everyone's going to love him no matter what. It, it, like, I, I don't know when that happened for Beyonce. It should have happened after they made survivor for destiny child. It didn't. And we're just way behind the times on that. But anyway, um, I, I would say con air has a much better cast overall. Um, it's like the same cast. Him doing that? No, it's not. <laughs> it kind of is actually. It's got a bald guy who's like the bad one, the bad person. Um, but like, what I loved about Con Air was that awful, awful Southern accent <laughs> with the bunny in the like. Somebody needs to tell people that aren't from the South that when you do a Southern accent, it doesn't mean that you're falling asleep. Um, or like Sling Blade, just like put the bunny in the box. Um, I, I thought that movie was great. Uh, I've got one here. Um, how do you feel about Crocs? Uh, James Crocs. James Spivey says, got my first pair for walking the dog and taking out the trash. I personally don't think they should be worn in public. So my first thing is... Oh, shout I, out to your disposable income. You have taking out the trash shoes. <laughs> well, the fact that James just bought his first pair in 2021 is a little concerning for me, James. Yeah. I, I've got a pair <laughs> still, but I bought them in 2005 when they first came out. They were semi, like, kind of decently acceptable. Uh, no. But I actually use them myself for taking out the trash shoes. Um, Does everyone have taking out the trash shoes? But what's what's crazy about this is that, you know, I got to shout out to Crocs here. Uh, my Crocs are in the same exact condition they were when I bought them, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. As they are today. It's crazy. I, so I, I always wear Crocs. It, like I had a pair of Crocs that I, I wore all the time around the house and stuff. And like, they were like, they're like slippers that don't make your feet sweat. Like, they, I mean, they were, they're incredibly comfortable. I had a pair of like Red Sox Crocs that I would, I would wear all the time. And, and like, but I also wore them right as people started to make fun of them and they were not acceptable. They Crocs also makes an incredible uh, non-slip work shoe. If you're in the restaurant business, the only thing I will say is that I, I ended up switching over to Dansko cause they give, they give you a little lift. Okay. Makes you like an inch and a half taller. That's my own insecurity speaking. But Crocs are very comfortable. Um, and they make a, like this summery canvas style, like not dress shoe, but it's like, like basically their version of a boat shoe. I did not envision this going this far into Crocs. I I will go to a Crocs outlet like once a year and buy these shoes. I have to buy them once a year because they always smell like shit afterwards because you wear them in the summer and like they, there's no holes. So like, we need to get out so they are sweaty. But like, they're they're fantastic shoes. They're fantastic looking. They're, they look like what are they, like like Sanuk? What is it? That company that like came out like strictly for Bonnaroo. Anyway, right, we'll well, can't say I dabble in that crowd. Um, um, all right, uh, <laughs> tell me this is from Dick Dex Kindle. Tell me a story of a time when you got arrested or came close to being arrested. Hmm. Well, that night at Johnny's, I probably came close. Uh, I've never been arrested, uh, thankfully. Um, but, uh, there's been a couple times, you know, in college, especially where I, you know, just doing stupid stuff, probably shouldn't be repeating what I did. I mean, even oh, though there's, yeah. but yeah, I've come close a couple times, but luckily I've never had the uh, experience of sitting in, in a jail cell. So how about you? You know that I've been arrested flat out. What? Um, I've, I've, I've never, I've never heard this. Seriously. 
I've never heard that you've got arrested before. Everyone Please, knows everyone. that 2013 was was like the darkest year for for me ever, and I was. I'm not saying like it was just an awful, awful time, and I was. I, I, like I was working at this bar, it was like a hole in the wall. I had just broken up with somebody. I was like switching career, all this, all this stuff. And I only say it because I, I drank like every night. Like it was like in a Buckhead bar, and it was just kind of like went with the territory. I thought, but it was also a problem. But like so, there could there was like literally I think this is awful, and I'm not condoning it or trying to brag or whatever. This is like a very depressing part of my life. I could probably count on one hand how many times I didn't drink that year, like like. It just because we we drink every day at work it's like oh like i'm not like to get drunk i'm just saying in general right mm-hmm. one of the nights i didn't drink i i was the dd for some friends and i remember we were leaving um black bear tavern at like two or three in the morning i was i was dropping a friend off and i turned right and blue lights behind me and, I'm, and my buddy's like freaking out because he's drinking a dui i'm like i'm not drunk i'm the d i'm a dd like we're fine guy like pulls me over it's going over everything and I had a suspended license that I didn't know mm. about because of something that happened. Like I had, I had a South Carolina driver's license, but I was in Georgia. And for some reason it was suspended. And it was like for like a $25 ticket or something that wasn't paid from like a year before. I, I had no idea. I didn't know I had it. And so he, it was like, they were going over this like very serious this time. I don't know. Like they, they were, they were trying to like really crack down on suspended licenses. If you've ever been to court for suspended license, the other people with a suspended license, it's never their first time. Like everyone around me was like, you had your eighth, like you had your eighth time being pulled over for a suspended license. So without hesitation, the guy tells me to get out of the car, put my hands behind my back. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like for what? For a suspended license. And I got arrested. I had to go down to like downtown Fulton County um, jail, which was a treat. And, uh, and I was there for 14 hours because oh, my friends couldn't figure out how to get me out. Um, the only number I could remember was my ex-girlfriends who was not, not coming to get me. Uh, actually she ended up being the one that got me out and I was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And the only thing she said, she goes, I just want you to know you broke up with me. So you could like do more things and, and try to like progress as a person and all that other bullshit you said and i'm picking you up out of jail right now i was like oh fucking fair go point back in fair point me fair too. Point. yeah so but I, the only thing i remember like most memorable part of jail i remember being in there and this is again it's like downtown atlanta it's like like three o'clock in the morning and i'm there until like four the next day mm-hmm. but i'm sitting there and they handed out breakfast which was a bologna sandwich i hate bologna and it had mayonnaise on it and I was like, please tell me you requested something else. <laughs> Actually, um, I would like to do, do you have, uh, do you have tuna so, on wheat, on wheat, if you have it. So, so I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm like not trying to like, you know, it's not real jail jail. So I'm like, not trying to be like, all right, someone's going to like shank me or I got to beat up somebody the first day to fit in. But I remember like trying to also not look like I stood out so much because I did. And this guy next to me, he takes a mayonnaise packet and he bit off the end of it and then just like slurped the mayonnaise into his mouth. And I started dry heaving on site, like right away. I was like, ooh, ooh, and somebody saw it and started just absolutely hammering me for it. It was like, Hey, Hey, give me that sandwich. Give me that sandwich. White boy. White. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, and I like, like smart ass was like, you could, you just had the sandwich. Like, I don't want it anyway. He's like, oh, you're too good for that bologna sandwich? I was like, we're all too good for bologna sandwich. This is in like a 1950s coal mining town. And so 
none of that was resonating or funny to anybody but me. And he's like, give me that sandwich. And he's just going, I swear to God, he's just going, Ryan, Ryan, white boy name. <laughs> I just was like, I lost it because it was like, I couldn't correct him and be like, um, it's Christopher. So <laughs> that is my one jail story. Um, That's great. Yeah, we should probably end on that, I guess. Yeah, real quick uh, before we, we get out, uh, just wanted to mention um, my personal uncensored moment of the week of uh, Lorraine, mm. Lorraine Gross. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you see this woman who was offended by Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi Trophy. Her her dad yes, was did. the this, the uh, first silversmith of the Lombardi Trophy. Um, first off, when you found out her name was Lorraine, you knew shit was going to be popping on this one. That name was awful. Lorraine um, Gross. She is fresh out of doing time off of a two week suspension from Chili's for raising hell about the jalapeno poppers, and Lorraine is back Too with spicy. a vengeance. <laughs> I mean, a silversmith, really? I mean, if you're so offended by this, maybe your dad should, wait, should probably wait, just explain. stuck to flatware. All right. <laughs> explain, but explain what, she, like, like take people what she was mad about. She was mad that, that he was he was throwing the trophy around, like he the, like because this lady she, who's the the daughter of the guy who who like yeah. created the first Lombardi Trophy said she was she was incredibly offended and mad that Tom Brady was throwing it. And she was so mad she didn't sleep for two days. I mean, look, I want to be careful with this. No offense to the silversmiths out there, but I no, mean, no. come on. <laughs> <laughs> I get that it's it's a very well respected industry, but let's be honest here. I mean, Lorraine, you gotta you gotta tone it down a bit. You're gonna be our uncensored moment of the week. She she didn't bake anything. <laughs> she didn't make anything. She didn't win anything. Like, shut up, Lorraine. I like. First off. I, we need to make a, a meme out of this that is like the Michael Jordan instead of like fuck them kids like fuck them silversmiths <laughs> first off. But like yeah. I, what I didn't get about this is she she was complaining about it being thrown, and there's enough fake outrage in the world anyway. But like you you didn't make it, you didn't design it. It wasn't like he he handcrafted this one. He made the first one, and you're upset that Tom Brady Tom Brady just wanted what are, what are we talking about here? Get it together, Lorraine. And that's today's show. <laughs> yeah that is that is um thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh we hope you guys enjoyed it we'll be back next week we'll do some stuff in the scs pod facebook group as well throughout the week uh make sure you like subscribe follow all that good stuff because we are still in the scs pod feed for now we will be transitioning over to the cultural uncensored feed um sometime soon so um for tyler huck i'm chris marler tyler any last words hey stay safe out there everybody okay, so.